Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Anna Schrader. And this week, I am so excited for our very special guest. She is a photographer here in Nashville, Tennessee. She specializes in portrait photography. She's a mom to two beautiful children and a wife to an amazing musician. She has been published in several magazine articles, and we are so excited to have Twyla Allen on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So Twyla, tell us, how did you get started in photography? Uh, Well, I came to MTSU. I grew up in Memphis, and I came to MTSU to pursue photography. They had a photography major. And I was also just itching to get out of Memphis and uh, explore, you know, other parts of Tennessee and just get away from home and kind of create a new uh, identity for myself away from, you know, high school and all of that. Because everyone went Mm -hmm. to U of M, it seemed like, or UT. And I found MTSU with a photography major that was not under the art department, but had, it was mass comm. So there was all kinds of photography classes offered, not just art you know, kind of photography. So, uh, that brought me to this area and, uh, had a great time, um, in college and learning photography is all film-based and then left that. And well, I I should mention while I was in college, I had some friends get married. I know that seems young, but that starts happening. (laughs) It does. Yeah. They, uh, they, they would just say, well, you're my friend, you're a photography major. Why don't you shoot my wedding? And so that's kind of how I slowly started getting into weddings. I wouldn't say, that's when my love of weddings began, but it definitely gave me experience. I was, I was shooting film at this time. This was probably 99, 2000, 2001-ish. Um, and I worked in a one-hour photo lab near campus. I would shoot a wedding. I, I would buy the film at Walgreens on like a Thursday night when I had my shift. Uh-huh. Then I would go on Saturday, shoot the wedding, come back in on Monday t- to work, process the film, go to the photo aisle and buy an album put the prints in there and that that's how I did weddings like in the very wow. beginning. <laughs> and hey, so that's a hustle kinda, right there. <laughs> it's just snowballed, you know, kind of after that. I would always try to get part-time jobs and jobs that had something to do with photography in some capacity. Um so everything just kind of like I said snowballed and, and led me to what I'm doing now, really. So you like pretty much right out of college had a career like started for yourself that you started sort of, yeah. in college, right? Yeah, uh, sort of that weekend hustling of photography um, and just being asked, like I said, by friends, but then, uh, you know, they would talk word of mouth and it just sort of started from there. I also got, when I would go home for the summers back home to Memphis, um, I did get a job with a photographer, Bob Gray, and he was what I would call like an old school photographer. And he did ball teams, you know, soccer, t-ball. He did class reunions. He did weddings, you name it. Bob Gray shot it. He was like the, you know, stand them up, shoot them kind of not creative lighting kind of photographer. But Uh this man taught me all about the hustle and about the business side of it and, uh, how to, how to deal with people. Mostly when I look back on those days, um, dealing with parents of soccer players, you know, uh, dealing with, I don't know, even, he would send me to the class reunions. It would be like class of 68 and these oh my God. middle-aged people would just be 
completely liquored up by in the night. And I was supposed to get a big group shot with his medium format camera, like you know, situations <laughs> like that, that just really taught me how to work with people. And I was very young at this time. Uh-huh. And, uh, it just, they, there was one time he sent me to do a wedding. He couldn't do it. And he came back on Monday to an answering machine message because people used answering machines back then. And the mother <laughs> of the bride just told him off through the answering machine saying, you sent some little girl to shoot my wedding. So, you know, it was, I was young I, in my young twenties. I didn't realize I looked so young, but I did. <laughs> I look back on it. What do you mean? That was like last uh, week. Yeah, sure. Cause we're 29 forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I learned a lot through those summers back home in Memphis working for him, for him sending me out doing all those different variety of, of shoots. That's so, awesome. Um, so you, I mentioned you specialize in portrait photography and it's uh, interesting that you said it, you learned your people skills from like early on shooting those high pay, like high fast paced environments. Yeah. What I noticed whenever I had my photos taken from you is as someone that had never been photographed, you really, it was the first time that I've ever gotten pictures back and looked at the photo and like it, the only way I can describe it is like, I saw myself and I didn't hate it, Oh, you know? So how do you, how would you say other than experience, are you able to capture someone in a photo like that? Mm. That's, that's a multi-layer question, I think, but I, and, and I am, I'm, I'm 41. I'll probably say my age, I'm 41 years old <laughs> and it's taken me a long time. I think just even my own self-confidence with photography. Um, but I've just learned meet people where they are, like, don't bring any ego to it. Don't bring, uh, and there's a difference between having self-confidence, right. And, and an ego. And mm-hmm. so, um, you want, you need your clients to see that you're secure in your technical abilities and your, all of your, you know, they're putting their trust into you. So you do need to have that level of, of a a sense of self about yourself, but there's no room for ego, uh, Mm -hmm. with people photography. I don't think I'm really (laughs) interested in what you're saying, because, um, I think it really pertains to us as hairdressers because we're also around people all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I was just thinking that as well. They're confiding into you, you know, yeah. And your therapist. uh, (laughs) Yeah. We, we like to call it therapy. Yes. (laughs) Totally a thing. Um, so for us, our first interactions happen right when the, right when our client walks in the door and that's, we have that time to like get to know them and sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. I'm like, <laughs> this whole time before everything is interesting. But anyways, um, what I was going to ask for you, there's a lot of um, communication before the shoot that happens with your clientele, right? Yes, I would say most of the time there is. Sometimes there isn't, though. Um, okay. So I, I will still, even though I get most of my business through word of mouth, I will still get just a random, what you'd call a cold call, but like an, a Google inquiry inquiry from someone that I do not know. They just find me online um, or just a random text. I've gotten those recently. Uh, those are picking up more just a text from someone I don't know. And they'll say, I heard about you and I don't know from where, but they'll say, are you available to shoot my elopement? Um, and 
I'll, you know, of course tell them whether I can or not, but I'll say, I'm curious, how did you find out about me? And I have been so surprised. It's from the most unlikely of places sometimes, or people I don't even know that they know me. I don't know them, but apparently they know me or that maybe they follow my work. Once, once you get that connection and you have it booked, is there like, um, a chain of emails or like texts that you go through just to, um, make them feel comfortable with you before you show up for the shoot? Or is it kind of like in our case where all of a sudden you, you make that connection in the first five to 10 minutes? It kind of depends on what kind of shoot we're doing. So if someone books me for type of shoot that Hunter did, or especially a good example is a boudoir shoot. Those are uh, very, it brings out a lot of vulnerability in a person. Um, So if we're doing a portrait session, that is kind of a milestone. I've done women who are turning 50 and they are just, they really need something for themselves. They are at a point in their life where they, they are feeling themselves. Right. And they, this is something special to them. Um, then yeah, there's communication there sometimes even for engagement shoots. Um, it, that depends on how involved the bride is really with things, but, um, I try to get a sense of their style, what they like. Um, sometimes people want to share a Pinterest board that's become less common over the years, but that used to be a really big thing. Uh, to kind of give me a sense of what they like. Do they like the like softer light? Do they like more direct, like editorial things like that? But I just try to get a sense of what are they thinking about this shoot? Because I want to make that come true, but I'll, they're hiring me for, you know, my eye. So I'm obviously going to bring that to the table. Um, so trying to meet in the middle, I guess, with that, you mm-hmm. know, what they're wanting and, um, through that communication, I can usually get a sense, even with email sometimes, uh, is this person like really, really super invested in this? Are they self-conscious about themselves? Okay. And if I know that going in, then, you know, I'm, I'm this person's biggest cheerleader here and we're going to make them feel great. Um, but sometimes I just don't get a lot of that before the shoot. And so that's why it's important like in your situation that you're saying too, uh, with a new client, just, um, I can't say this up, just meeting them right where they are. So in order to do that, uh, I feel like you're in some way, shape or form, you're inspiring other people. Right. And when you have a career where you are inspiring your patrons or your guests or clients, um, what do you do to keep inspired yourself? That's a great question. Um, that's going to make me think, but I, I feel like I had a, such a solid foundation in photography going back to my college days. And my professor, one of my main professors introduced me to just some fantastic, phenomenal female photographers out there, male and female, but I can think of a few female photographers that rocked my world. And I've always thought, I want to be classic like that. Like there's this like Mary Ellen Mark and Richard Avedon is a male fashion photographer. Oh my gosh. His stuff is just utterly timeless. And you see that and you're like, I want to be him. I want to, I want to do that too. And so you, but you know, of course you don't want to copy, but it's inspiring. And you, how can I create that on my own? You know, looking at your Instagram, it's like, it's really cool to see because you have like such a beautiful style. Like it's so, it looks so branded 
And um, I would say, yeah. And you know, what's unique about it is that like you're saying that it goes back to the basics of you learning and, and it is very studio. Like it's very, I'm guessing you have a studio that you work in. Yes. Yes. But yet you make it look so natural and so artistic. And I think that's really special. And it's, it's amazing. Like I'm blown away. Your Instagram is amazing. So whoever is listening to this, you should just go check her out. follow her on Instagram, but like, I'm blown away at how natural you make those pictures look with it being inside with indoor lighting. And thank you. Thank you. So yeah. Much. And it, it's super artistic. Um, and kind of tying it back to hairdressers. Cause that's a lot of what we do is we work with indoor. Um, I guess I would love to know if you could give stylists who are working with indoor lighting, where, you know, our industry is so interesting because now all of a sudden with the rise of social media, everyone's trying to brand themselves. Everyone feels like we need to market ourselves and put ourselves out there, which is a, it's a really fun, new artistic thing added to our industry, but it can be overwhelming for many people. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you have any tips for hairstylists? Most of us work indoors sometimes we have access to natural lighting other times it's just a ring light and other times it's just whatever we have on the ceiling (laughs) and then a lot of us have there's some hairstylists who invest in you know the nice fancy cameras but most of us are just playing with iphones yeah i think ring lights have come a long way and they're used more than ever now by, I mean, we can thank every YouTube influencer for that. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that a, a decent shot can be taken with a ring light. Um, you probably want the soft light, like meaning not like a harsh straight on flash. If you need, if you know what I'm saying, like when people have, well, like the old disposable cameras or when you see uncle Bob with a flash and it's pointing straight <laughs> towards you. At, at your family event and he flashes it and it's like, ah, that, that straight on <laughs> flash is never flattering. blinding. Yeah. So avoid that. So if you could, uh, well, like the salon I go to does have a bit of some natural light. Um, so a combination of natural with a fill light of a ring light would probably be great. Um, but if you have access to no natural light whatsoever, then probably two ring lights would be be better um or just like lifting it up and at an angle and bringing it back some just trying to make it softer and not so harsh on the hair because you probably want to bring out dimension of the color yes and that's one thing i struggle with with the ring light is that it it tends to wash it out and then all Mm. of a sudden i'm looking at the i look at my phone i'm like it looks nothing like the the hair like the hair in real life looks so much better than this picture And I've heard it said a lot of people can be really good at taking pictures and bad at hair. And then there's a lot of people who are really good at hair and bad at taking pictures. Mm, So it's, it's hard. (laughs) And, um, so you're recommending if, if your ring light has like a mode where you can turn down the power, like maybe medium instead of full blast. Right. I wouldn't do full blast. I mean, the fluorescence you're working with in a public, you know, building that your salon is, you don't really have much control over that. And so that kind of depends on or how much strength your ring light has or should have will depend on how much of that fluorescent light 
is is coming in as well um but i would say yeah pull it back some don't have it so close to the hair and turn it down a bit um if you can if you have access to a window possibly with some natural light coming in then try mm -hmm. to use that too um and also as far as the iphone i have found for myself that portrait mode is great portrait mode tends to have that effect of like putting a 50 millimeter lens on your camera when you're shooting manual like it it will blur out some of the background and you can just tap it on what you want to focus in on so you could tap on the back of the hair and it will kind of blow out blurry a little bit the background um gives it more of that i don't want to say buka effect but uh just a a little bit more of a slightly professional look like you're shooting it okay. on a camera and not just a wide angle iphone <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah so the iphone has has three settings um you can go really wide or the medium and the um i think it's point two uh, like a more zoomed in but if you do portrait mode that'll give you a little bit more of a slightly more professional camera effect yeah thank you for that uh, tip that's very valuable i love that because I, I think many of us just bright 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 and we turn that ring light all the way up and it can wash it out <laughs> and um did you have anything else to ask about um lighting hunter because i did want to well, I, I just i feel like i just want to tap no. your brain i have questions yeah so, well i just thought that it was painful. i've always taken like fortunately we at our salon we have uh they're like boxes. They're not um, like soft rings. boxes. Yeah, I think we have soft boxes. They're newer okay. uh, is the brand, but they're just square lights. But when I've used a ring light in the past, I've always like put it in the center of the hair and then put my phone in the center of the ring light. Yeah. And I always hate the way that the pictures come out. <laughs> and I was like, I literally was just sitting here with my mouth wide open, like, duh it's too harsh you're right in the middle of it <laughs> well that's how you're supposed to shoot through a ring light because when you i used to have a ring light and i i used to do them for uh photo booth effects like i would set up a photo booth at a wedding and they come through and you put your camera lens through it it does have that they used to call it hollywood effect back in the okay. 90s or something um but almost it's like just, a vignette yeah yeah and it, it definitely it's a just a straight on very bright effect of light on a person and it's really it should only be used for if you're just going for that look like for a really uh, i'm trying to describe the find the right adjective to describe the type of style but i mean i've seen it used on album covers and uh like glossy magazine layouts you know so if you're wanting that kind of look then that's what you use but I think most of the time people are really wanting a more flattering, softer lighting. So effect. you're almost saying that it's not even a ring light wouldn't even be the ideal tool to have. Not ideally, I wouldn't for think shooting hair. For shooting hair, no, you want soft boxes or definitely, like I think a, a step up as far as okay. capturing like the Period. dimension and detail and the the softness that you're creating in the hair. You know, trying to get. Uh, the right color and hey this is how you know because I see all of you you know zhuzhing that hair I say zhuzhing uh -huh. you know what I mean but you know what I mean you're fluffing it you're making it just come alive and to to show the layers that you've put in the texture you've put in and how that correlates with the, 
that color and all of that great stuff. And you just don't want to obliterate that with harsh light because <laughs> you won't yeah. be able to, to catch all of that, you know, that beautiful detail. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have questions on how to complement like your canvas. Oh, like yeah. if you have warm hair, do you contrast like with your lighting? So if I have like, and okay. So if I have a cool, cool canvas, cool hair, so think like greens and blues, or if, even if we're talking vivids, so literally greens and blues, would you want to offset that with like a warmer light or like complement it, like stay with the same palette and do cooler light or on vice versa. If you have deep purples, Sometimes I feel like if it's too cool, you lose that. So when you say canvas, you're talking about the head of hair, hair. correct? Yes. Okay. Cause yes. I didn't know if we were talking about the background, like your, the wall you're shooting on or something like yes. that. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Hair. okay. So, uh, yeah, if you've got head of hair that is on the cool spectrum, like, um, blues, purples, so you've put in different color, vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably stick with, well, neutral would be best really on either one, okay. but I would stick with neutral on the cools and with warms. Like if you have a redhead or Auburn, um, or even blonde, then you would, I think warming it up would be more flattering. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're just, if you're not shooting skin tone, like I am, and you're, is you're focused on the back of someone's head and the colors, uh, then you probably need to just, you want to bring that out. So if, if you just dyed some one purple with a blue streak through there, then I don't know if you'd want to really make that super warm. I think airing on the side well, of cooler probably um, make that better. And now since we talked about like warm versus cool, what would be the best when you're working with really a dark canvas? So say you have like a medium brown with dark, dark low lights. I have a really hard time getting those dark low lights to pop in pictures because I feel like every time I turn the light up, they just disappear. Mm. It's, it might be hard to capture just in phone camera, I was going to say in camera, but in your phone camera, and that's where you might have to go into your editing and maybe pull up the shadows. Okay. You know what I mean when I say pull up, like, mm-hmm. um, bring, bring them up. Um, because the more contrast you add to a photo, you're going to obliterate your darks. So that's just, just bringing or uh, black point in the editing in your iPhone. Um, if you bring down black point, if you increase contrast, then your darks get darker. And so you just make your blacks, if you keep going just to avoid. <laughs> and so okay. if you're trying to bring out detail in the darks, then you'll want to bring, uh, you'll need to bring down your contrast, bring up your shadows and try, you know, you don't want to make it look faded because if you do that too much, it can have a faded look. Um, but just play around with that to see if you're, you know, so you're not losing those low lights that you want to to really show through. That's a, thank you so much for that. That's a awesome tip. And I'm um, like wanting to, I want to like write notes, but I'll just come back and listen, but that's okay. Anna, because I am taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) My notepad is upstairs in the place that I usually record. And I'm just, I'm just talking in the, I'm not talking about the Lightroom. Uh, right. app that he has. I'm just talking about if you don't have any other app on your phone, if you're just literally editing within the iPhone, iPhone, what they give you, 
then that's where you'll find blacks and shadows and contrast black point not blacks but as black point um and so it just takes a, i think some getting playing around with some photos um and seeing how you understand it get a feel for it and the more you do that then you'll know automatically oh well I just took that shot and I'm going to automatically have to bring in some shadow because I can't yeah. see my low lights and, in there. And getting back to your, your pictures, I just want to compliment you again. I think that's <laughs> one thing that's so beautiful about your Instagram and your work is that, I mean, you can tell that you've done a lot of editing, but they look, they look completely natural and oh, like you. you've probably put in a ton of work, but it looks, I would never, like, it doesn't look edited. So like, thank you. You know Thank what you I mean? So much. Like, I, oh, I appreciate that. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the same thing with our industry too, is like, you can see a head of hair and you're like, oh, that's edited. That does not look real. But the trick is editing it to make it look real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like these tips that you're giving because like just to us, we went to school for hair, right? Like we know that we want more shadow here or we want this dark low light, but I would have never had thought to bring down the contrast before adding more shadow so mm -hmm. I would go in and add more shadow because that's what my brain tells me but I didn't mm -hmm. I would have never thought oh maybe if you take down the contrast the yeah. shadow and would it, pop more you know it won't work for every single photo but again that's you know you just have to play around and kind of see because it, it all will come down to whatever light you're being served in your situation uh, right. what you're being met with light wise um, and then just taking it from there to make the image the best you can make it within yeah. your phone. Well, well done. And thank you for those tips again. Yeah, um, Hunter, did you have questions about editing? Uh, well, she already app? went into it. Yeah. Okay. I have a movie quote and I, I just want to bring you back. I'm sure you watched Shit's Creek. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember the episode when Moira Rose walks into the, she's walking into the hotel and she's like, she's, trying to find she's talking to stevie and she's like really distraught because she couldn't find her nudes that she had taken <laughs> oh man i don't know if i remember that one okay well she oh, yes, is yes, so... wait a bit. yes actually i do okay I, I yes, and, it. okay and i i actually i okay so um she's so upset because she can't find them and um I think it's a kind of it ends up being a really sweet moment between them and it's a good yes. thing for photography and She's just reminding Stevie, she's like, this is your youth. You deserve to look yes. good and feel good about yourself. And um, I absolutely remember that he, now. Yes. But and she, <laughs> she told, she told, um, I had to look up the quote and Moira, I'm not even going to try and put on Moira's voice, but <laughs> actually, yes, I am. I'm going to go for it. One day you will look at those photos with much kinder eyes and say, dear God, I wish I, I was a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true because if we can't, we're constantly chasing like this ideal of what we think we should look like, but mm -hmm. instead of just being happy with ourselves and really, truly one day we'll look back at those pictures and, and it's like what we have of our past and who we used to be. And we can be thankful for what we, who we are. And I think that's a beautiful thing as a photographer, because you are able to capture the beauty. And like Hunter said in the beginning, he looked at his pictures and he was like, Oh, wow. Pictures that I don't hate. 
And <laughs> that's such a beautiful, beautiful moment because that's music to my ears to hear. That. Yes, and we all, we both look at Hunter and we see how gorgeous and beautiful. Oh my god! And yes. handsome he is. This is gross. <laughs> okay, but then we look at you know we see your pictures on Instagram and we're like, that's Hunter. Of course, that's Hunter. Right. It's not like he looks like someone different, but you just did such a good job of capturing who he actually looked, who he actually is. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank you. Yeah, I'm rambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, so it was a total blast. I mean, I, I, it took way too long. I, I just overshot, but it, it was worth <laughs> it. It was a good hang. I loved it. We were having so much fun. Uh, yes. So I we realized in the beginning or during our little break that we forgot to do our rose and thorn of the week so i figured instead of starting the podcast with our rose and thorn <laughs> this week we'll just end the podcast with the rose and thorn Sweet. okay i can go first i yeah. can go first um so um, let's see this week okay i don't know some of you guys may know this about me our family used to own this business it's still a business it's a kayaking company but way back when we opened up a little cafe because we had to have a commercial kitchen to prepare food for the kayaking trips and in the cafe it was like soups and sandwiches and salads and then like a coffee shop and i grew up working there and then um, in college i worked there and even when i was doing hair i would help out and it hasn't been a business. The business closed hmm, probably about six years ago, but my parents still own the building and they've been trying to sell it. And just this week they sold the business. So um, it's bittersweet. That's a rose and a thorn. So today I was in there walking through with my mom and like going through some inventory and and it's like walking through the kitchen just got, brought back so many it sweet like memories of emotional. like <laughs> yeah sweet memories of like sweating in the kitchen and like trying to put together like a bunch <laughs> of different orders and like probably having way too much responsibility for a high school student but <laughs> i would never do but that your now. life your I'm life alive. and yeah. so that was it's a it's a it's a thorn saying goodbye, but it's also a rose remembering all the good memories. And also for them being able to sell that is really good. And te technically the sale hasn't gone through yet, but hopefully by the time this podcast airs, it will be. So yeah. if it doesn't, then that will be my thorn next week. <laughs> We're, we, You know what you did? You just manifested it. So it's happening. Yes. Yep. Yes. You put it and out there. It's exciting because the new business sounds, um, it hasn't really been much of a business in the last couple of years, but the new one is going to be pretty cool. So that's awesome. What about you, Twyla? Oh, What's that your was rose? The, that was the one question that I, I just didn't, I didn't have. I it's a hard, for. it's harder <laughs> than you think, right? Hunter, All why the don't you go? Sent me. You I'll go, go. give her yeah. a second to think. I'll give you a more, more time to think. So okay. my rose is that after 29 days, we finally got the house. Yay. Awesome. Yes. So we have been super, super stressing, which is Twilight. I don't know. You can see these uh, mannequin heads yes. back <laughs> here. It's because this we're packing everything. So um, we know, got an email I today. I saw that, but I know about you. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to question that because I'm, that makes total sense that he would have just a hair of head right there. 
Yeah, well, I mean, this tub and this tub, there's three full tubs of mannequin heads. And uh, earlier I was in the bathroom and, uh, you know, scrolling through TikTok. And I guess I was in there long enough for Bradley to uh, pull a little prank. And he had the mannequins. We have like these mannequin stands that can clip onto stuff and things. So he put one at the door hanging upside down as soon as I walked out. And then there were just mannequins all around the door staring at me. I screamed like a little baby. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Um, So that had happened. But that is my rose. We got a house, finally. And my thorn I didn't even think of a thorn I guess the thorn is that we have to pack but that's also happy I'm happy about it I enjoy packing what about what about spilling the um chick-fil-a sauce on your white shorts (laughs) oh no so I have to tell the story naturally um so what had happened was uh when Bradley and I go to chick-fil-a we get honey roasted barbecue and honey and we mix them together well we got two drinks obviously it was the two of us and we parked our car and we were going to eat in the parking lot and i was wearing white linen shorts and i thought it would be a good idea to make the drink carrier flat and mix the condiments on the drink carrier well what i didn't think about is that even though it is flat it still isn't solid so I ate all of my chicken nuggets and realized after that I was covered in Chick-fil-A sauce. (laughs) So I had to walk into Marshall's with Chick-fil-A sauce, but I got a couple (laughs) cute clothes. You had to go shopping. That forced you to go shopping. It honestly, yes. And those shorts, I probably shouldn't be wearing those shorts. I mean, they're like 2008, but. White linen just screams get me dirty you know mm-hmm. you can't yeah, wear know. white linen it's like <laughs> i know especially in eat chick-fil-a so that oh. yes that is my thorn of the week because that did happen oh. this week <laughs> <laughs> i guess right. my rose um it's uh it's something that's happening at the end of the month but it's something i'm uh-huh. lo- looking forward to so my rose for really this week and this month is uh my southern california trip <gasps> i booked a trip to Ventura, California, and um, I've never done a photography workshop. I've always kind of um, just rolled my eyes at those, to be honest with you, but I I have a sort of a mentor. She doesn't know she's my mentor, but I have been following her for about 13 years or more, Elizabeth Messina, and I discovered her way back when and loved her style. She's a Southern California photographer and has done some celebrities to do weddings. Now she mainly just does portraits, but uh, she has a studio and I always thought, well, she does a workshop. I'll pay the money for that. And she announced she's doing a a workshop and it was actually affordable (laughs) for me. So I was like, I'm doing it. I'm flying to uh, Santa Barbara and then renting a car. I've never even rented a car before. So getting my adult card there. And I <laughs> drive to Hersty. I'm going to stay um, on this cliffside beach hotel and uh, go to her workshop on a Wednesday. And on Thursday, it's just a free day 
Um, I'm trying to arrange a shoot, but if that doesn't happen, that's totally fine. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Well, so why don't we put that into the universe? If you are in where, Ventura? Ventura or Santa Barbara. And okay. you want to be a model for 30, 40 minutes for some fun shots, either on the beach or in the city. I would love, so love, cool. love to do golden hour uh, with palm trees and you yes. know, kind of like the Hotel California Eagles cover. Yeah. Bring it on. I would love that. I even bought like <laughs> some special film for this trip and everything. So Inter, let's go. Well, we can be her models. <laughs> Perfect. We'll meet you there, actually. Uh, we have less than a minute left on this call, but I think that's enough time to get your thorn. Uh, well, I don't mean to be a doubter, but my thorn is like a real life thorn. And that's just uh, my parenting here lately. Like parenting uh, a preteen has been a big thorn. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning. Um, it's new territory for me. So, so he's a really great kid. We're just going to get past the, the, the little hurdles of puberty here. Oh gosh, <laughs> we're gonna do it. <laughs> I I couldn't imagine going through through puberty with the way that social media is now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't daunting. have I didn't have like fa Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. No, no, no. Whenever I had Twitter, I had to like text the tweets. MySpace. Yeah, I had MySpace, but it's not like what it is today. No, no. Where no. you can literally just turn on your camera and like live stream something or mm -hmm. it was not like that. So I could not imagine. I remember someone talking about like what it's like to be that age and the bullying is relentless at school. And then it used to be where you'd come home and home was like your safe place. You could go to but your room, be home. In many cases, or just wherever it was, you you could shut out the bullying, mm -hmm. but now it just like literally never stops. Like you because are at it school because of the online bullying. Yes, so it's the it's there. You come home, and I mean, so my twelve year old, he'll be thirteen in June. He does not have a phone. Okay, so but he still will go. He's a gamer, so he is. Uh, so he doesn't have access to like the traditional social medias that you would think. Um, so where this is all coming from is just, uh, this, this online, I don't know if I should say the name of the, the platform, but it's a, it's like a big forum for lack of mm -hmm. another term. I know uh, what you're talking about. Not a forum. It's a server. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, online bullying can be a very real thing there. And so, yeah, you come home from school, you're not really escaping it as long as you're getting online to this other world where it can still reach you. Yeah. And, and it's even people though, that don't even know you. Yeah. And, but sometimes it's, it's, uh, kids at school that have been or wherever, um, that are on the server with you and it, it just follows you around. And if you are getting saturated with that every single day, um, it, it's going to manifest its way somehow <laughs> in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're at school or at home with your parents, with your siblings, whatever. And so, uh, we're really trying to stress, although we've, stressed it before and they stress it at school guidance counselors come and speak about these things but we're still trying to get through to our kids that your online behavior is crucial there shouldn't mm -hmm. be this diametrically different personality online versus who you are in your real life mm -hmm. so we expect the kind of integrity that we're raising you to have in real life that should spill over and be who you are online as well and 
were trying to really get across to him, that the older one, that uh, all of this that's online, it's not truly private and anything can be used against you uh, mm -hmm. later in life. Like when you're going for job interviews, when you're getting into a relationship, a romantic relationship, when you're getting into colleges, whatever, like be responsible. What you say matters online. Yeah. If you wouldn't yeah. say that in real life, don't say it online. Uh, and, but these, these kids and, and even maybe even, uh, you know, like young twenties possibly, I don't know, but I, I don't know if they have this like mental compartmentalization with this, because I grew up in a time where, you know, I know what life was like without the internet or even having mm -hmm. a home computer. Yeah. And then we merged into that life, but these kids are being born into a world where they, they don't know any different, like, so online life can be whatever they want it to be. And they think it's fine. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there's and no you consequences are, for it. <laughs> yeah. And you're paving the way as parents for this because I was by just, the time, yeah. by the time we have kids, hopefully there'll be some answers of how to deal with these things. And I don't know. I like oh, to think hard. that we'd have answers and direction, <laughs> but I am also like, it might just get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's hard, but you know, we're going to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> you will yep. make it through this yep. time. I'm I believe raising men guys. here. I'm like, when I found out I was having a second boy, I was like, okay, so we're, we're raising men here and we're mm. going to raise men who are honorable and respectful and loving towards women and, Aww, <laughs> and all of good the good job. stuff. So a good old Southern gentleman, we are trying that. And they're going <laughs> to change the world too. If, if everyone has that attitude of like respect and raise their, their boys to be that way the world would be such such a better place <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> so we like to end every podcast with a hair myth and we're ha i'm having what i don't have one did i, I do, do it last week oh i have one yeah oh. um <laughs> we like to end every episode with a hair myth and it's getting harder and harder to find ones that we haven't done already. So this one is one that I I really have thought the opposite the whole, like, for a long time. So the myth is, true or false, dandruff shampoos cause color to fade faster than shampoos with active anti-dandruff ingredients. True or false? So dandruff shampoos cause color to fade faster. I'm going to guess true. Okay. And Anna? False. Okay. Well, just to have an <laughs> adverse opinion. I've always, I've always thought that it was true and it may still be true for like over-the-counter dandruff. Yeah. Shampoos That's that what I was like thinking. are high in alcohol or something like that. But... It, the fact is there's no difference in the rate of fade among shampoos that aren't color carrying, whether they're anti-dandruff or not. Even when compared to hair simply being rinsed with water, such medicated shampoos and conditioners did not show a significant impact on hair color. <clears throat> the solution for dandruff-prone client, choose anti-dandruff formula with color protection. Um, um, that is great. And so you can have the best of both worlds. Now we know. You can protect your hair and fight dandruff. I I think right away to our derma exfoliates. Exactly. Shampoo. Yeah. So like that derma exfoliate is, is or derma sensitive, but neither of those are gonna hurt your color at all. Right. Good so. to know. 
right? (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Break Room Banter. If you'd like to follow us all on our social media journeys, I am at HairXHunter on all of the things. Anna's Instagram is at Anna.SHR8 hair. Wow, that was a struggle this time. I normally am on. <laughs> that <point>. was this. <laughs> and our podcast Instagram is at Breakroom Banter Pod. Twyla, would you like to give us any social media links for yourself? Absolutely. On Instagram, I have three different accounts. So I'll start with the the studio moody stuff. That is at Twyla Allen Portraits. And if you want to follow weddings and more light and airy. Uh, babies that kind of stuff that is twyla's photography on instagram and then my personal account which is just me and my boys and my hubs that's uh twyla joy all right well thanks everyone once again for tuning in for another week and we'll see you next time Bye. bye bye